All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Sri Guru and Garanga. All glories to Shri Prabhupada. Panchakapa Chubishta, keep us in the Vibhata, Patitanam Pavanavya, Vaishnavavya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. January 3rd, 2015 in Chennai, India, reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 8, Chapter 17. The Lord agrees to become a Diti son, text 13 through 16. Chant 13. Cham viner jita samare. Durmadan asharishaban. Prati Labda Jaya Shribi Utrait Jasupasitam
Defeating Samare in the fight, Durmadan, puffed up by strength, Asura Rishabhan, the leaders of the demons, Pratilabha, getting back, Jaya, victory, Shribi, as well as the opulence, Putrai, with your sons, Ichasi, you are desiring, Upasitam, to come together and worship me. So these next few verses, the Lord is going to be telling Aditi, he's going to be telling Aditi what she desires. So she has not expressed her desires, as Maharaj pointed out, uh, but he's going to be telling her, I already know what you're desiring. Now we can't hide anything from the Lord, right? We can come to the Lord, oh, I worship you, I love you, I want to serve you. Right? Just like many times you go to the market, at least like in Vrindavan, Mayapur, someone like me, if I go to the market, the peop- there's people in the shops, what do they say when they see me go past? What do the shopkeepers say when they see me? Hare Krishna, they say Hare Krishna, Haribo, Haribo, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. But what are they saying? What are they actually saying? Buy something, give me money. So I can understand. So if I can understand, what you speak of Krishna can understand. Right? Well, we're, we're saying something. Okay, so translation. Oh Devi, oh Goddess. Which is interesting, that's not in the Sanskrit. I can understand that you want to regain your sons and be together with them to worship me after defeating the enemies in battle and retrieving your abode and opulences. So Vishnu Chakravati Thakur points out that although this is worship, you want to worship me, it's not without motive. You want to worship me together with, to get opulences. Text 14. Now this is a, a little intense. Not only does she want to get her abode back, that's not true. If somebody takes your house and wealth, you want to get it back, right? But this goes a little further. Text 14. You want to see the wives of the demons lamenting for the death of their husbands when those demons, the enemies of your sons, are killed in battle by the demigods of whom Indra is the chief. That's pretty heavy. By the way, who are these demons? They're the children of whom? Titi, her, her sister. Her co-wife and her sister. Text 15. You want your sons to regain their lost reputation, opulence, and live again on their heavenly planet as usual. Again, that's, that's not so bad. But wanting to take pleasure in the death and the lamentation of others. This is what, what Bhaktivinoda Thakur talks about. Where he says, I, I want to enjoy others' suffering. And we may think, oh, no, 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 I'm not like that. I'm not like that. But even Aditi, who's the mother of God, she's seeing the Lord personally. There's this desire in her heart. Let my enemies suffer. Text 16. 
O mother of the demigods, in my opinion, almost all the chiefs of the demons are now unconquerable, for they are being protected by brahmanas, whom the Supreme Lord always favors. Thus the use of power against them now will not at all be a source of happiness. We experience this sometimes, that no matter how much power we use against someone, it's ineffective. And sometimes we experience it going the other way. Somebody tries to hurt us and they can't do anything. Or someone tries to help us and they can't do anything. Whether or not somebody can hurt us or help us is all the will of God. And whether or not we can help or hurt somebody else is also the will of God. Doesn't matter how much power you have. He was saying, the Lord is telling you, you can throw all your power at the demons. It's not going to work. They have a shield of serving the Brahmanas. Purport. When a person is favored by Brahmanas and Vaishnavas, no one can defeat him. This is the key, how to become victorious. At the end of the Bhagavad Gita, wherever there's Krishna, wherever there's Arjuna, there will certainly be victory. Even the Supreme Personality of Godhead does not interfere when one is protected by a Brahmana. It is said, Go Brahmana Hitayacha. The Lord's first inclination, the Lord's first inclination, is to give all benedictions to the cows and Brahmanas. Therefore, if the Brahmanas favor someone, the Lord does not interfere, nor can anyone interfere with the happiness of such a person. So is Vishnu going to leave it at that? Okay, it's finished. You can't do anything. Is he going to do, leave it? No. He's going to do something. Uh, he makes the impossible possible. So first the Lord says, I know the desires in your heart. And some of those desires are not very nice. They're not all, they're not all sweet smelling. There's like a, other smells in there. Yes, you want to worship me, like it's an offense to keep a flower in an unclean pot and use that to worship the deity or to offer a flower without any fragrance. So it's like that. You want to worship me, but it's mixed with this other thing that you want to rejoice at the suffering of those who've caused you suffering, even though they're your family members. And uh, my dear Aditi, this is impossible. It cannot be done. And then he's going to go on and say, but we'll find a way to do it. So this is, of course, why people worship the Lord in general. People worship the Lord to make the impossible possible. Something that's easily possible, generally people don't worship the Lord, they just do it. And only when somebody comes to a block, generally it's like this. I remember uh, Kalangana and I were walking in London, and one lady came and asked us for directions, and Kalangana Devidasi said, well, we're going that way, you can come with us. So as she's walking, so Kalangana embarrassed me a little bit by preaching very heavily to this woman and telling her, you have to chant Hare Krishna, you have to chant Hare Krishna. And this lady said, but I'm not in trouble. I'll pray when I'm in trouble. So this is the, Prabhupada talks about this a lot, right? That, that people, some people, they pray to the Lord only when they're in trouble. And when they're, everything's nice, what do I need God? And other people, when they're in trouble, they say there's no God. And when everything's nice, they say, oh, thank you, God. Okay, Maharaj was talking about that, that sometimes Krishna gives material benedictions, at least then people will say, oh, there's a God. 
And I was, oh, give me a nice house, give me, and then there's the house in front of you, and you say, oh, there's a God, there's a God. Uh, especially there's a lot of Christian literature, popular Christian literature. It's full of stories like this. You can buy Christian magazines, you know, one story after another after another. You know, I was, I was sitting there thinking, oh, give me a nice wife. And then I walked into a shop and I met my wife five minutes later. <laughs> uh, so uh, some people, they only worship the Lord for happiness. But generally, when we come to something impossible, we go to the Lord. Because the impossible reminds us that I'm not independent in fulfilling my desires. I mean, frankly, even what we consider normally possible is only possible by the Lord's grace. Right? If I say, oh, I'm thirsty, it is possible. I can use my hand and pick up this water. Very possible. It's not impossible, right? Why do I have to ask God to help me? I can just pick up the... But actually, without Krishna's help, can I do that either? No. It can happen even like that, right? I can lose the power in my hand instantly. Whatever power we have, this is nicely described, of course, in the second canto with the universal form. That before the living entities can see, before the living entities can hear, before the living entities can taste, it has to be done first by the Lord. And we don't even know how we're doing it. Do we know how we're doing it? Do you know how you're picking up the cup? I have no idea how I'm doing it. I just kind of say, pick up the cup and it works. I don't know what is the mechanism. Right? And when we're born in this body, we really don't know how to do anything. You've seen a newborn baby, and they're just kind of... Right? They don't, they gradually, they very gradually, very, very gradually, they learn kind of how the machine works. Like you get a new computer, a new phone, right? you have to figure out how does it work. But I have no idea how, I don't know how my hair is growing. I don't know how my food is being digested. I haven't a clue. I mean, I can read about it in the science textbook, but I don't actually know how is it happening. So the sunlight, the sunlight is hitting the plants and producing rice. We were just in Bengal, we saw so many rice fields. So the rice plant is turning sunlight, water, and earth minerals into rice. How does it do that? I don't know. That is impossible. Can the scientists do that? Can the scientists take sunlight, water, and minerals and create rice? They cannot do that. They can create fake rice. You know, like they can create fake juice. They fake so many things. But it does, it's not nourishing. And then I eat that rice and it becomes fingernails and skin. And how does that happen? How does this fingernail, you know, yesterday it was rice. And a few months before that it was sunlight. How? Oh, it is impossible. So really we should be going to Krishna at every moment. Really, I mean, the, the, the truth is that at every moment we should be realizing that there's Krishna in the sunlight, in the power of digestion, in my ability, in my intelligence, that I'm always dependent on Krishna. And of course at the lower level, the person is just saying, please let me eat, please let me do this, please let me do that, please let me do that, or thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I heard one uh, religious leader 
give a, not in our Krishna consciousness movement, he gave a, a lecture and he said, at every moment we should be saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But higher than that is, oh, I want to serve you, I want to serve you, I want to serve you, I want to serve you. I, the children, you know, most religions, God is like the father, and the children are just taking, 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 right? And sometimes they may say thank you, maybe. Nowadays, less and less the children are saying thank you, isn't it? <laughs> Training is going down. But for the devotee, the devotee is giving to Krishna. The devotee doesn't so much see Krishna as father. The devotee sees Krishna as my son, my friend, my beloved. How can I give you? So at every moment, Pramanjana Charita Bhakti Vilochanina Santa Sadaiva Ridaya Shivilo Kaiti Yanshama Sundara Machinjagunasuripa. The devotee is seeing everywhere there's Krishna making the impossible possible. Making the impossible possible. But let's put aside our daily life, which is really impossible. All the little things that going on constantly where Krishna is making the impossible possible. And the big things that we really see are impossible. So we can think about Dhruva Maharaj. Dhruva Maharaj was just a little boy, five years old. And his stepmother said, no, you're not going to inherit the kingdom. So previously this happened with polygamy. Now it happens with divorce. The same principle. There's divorce, somebody remarries, and then the stepmother or the stepfather says, you don't get any inheritance. I know many, many people that this has happened to. You know, father was very, very rich, but he had remarried, and the stepmother says, no, I keep it all. All from me and my children, you get nothing. You are children of the wrong mother. So it was impossible. In fact, I know someone who's going through this right now. So right before the father died, the stepmother, she took all the money and put it in the name of her own children. So although the father had like $20 million, he died with only maybe like, you know, 100000 Because she put everything in her son's name. And then when she died, the children of her husband got nothing. And they went to the lawyers. The lawyers said, unless you're adopted by your stepmother, you cannot get in. You have no claim. Impossible. They went to the top lawyers and all the lawyers said, impossible. So with Dhruva, it was like that. He went to his mother and his mother said, impossible. You cannot do it. But I want to, I want to, this five-year-old boy, you know. Okay, then you can go to see Vishnu. He can make the impossible possible. And he did. He did. He said, okay, you can have a kingdom greater than your grandfather, which that was not only impossible because of the family situation, but his grandfather's Lord Brahma. So how can you have a kingdom greater than Lord Brahma? But he did it. Yes, we'll make the impossible possible. Or we have Hiranyakashipu. So Hiranyakashipu had done all these austerities. I won't be killed in the inside or the outside. I won't be killed in the land, the sky, or the sea. I won't be killed by anything alive or dead. I won't be any, killed by any being created by you or not created by you. I won't be killed by an, a man or an animal. I won't be killed by any weapon. I won't be killed in the day or the night. So then he's not going to be killed, yes? It's become now impossible to kill him. So some of you may have studied Shakespeare in school. Any of you studied Shakespeare in school? 
where they don't teach anything like this anymore. Nobody learns anything anymore. I don't know what they teach people in school, how to build a computer only. Anyway, so Shilabro, uh, but like Shakespeare, he especially liked the Merchant of Venice. But anyway, Shakespeare has this uh, play, Macbeth, that is just like this. I'm sure he must have studied the Nisingadev story. That Macbeth was told, you will not be killed by any man born of a woman. And he thought, oh, then I'd finish it. I can't be killed by anybody. And he was also told, you cannot be killed until the forest comes to the, walks to the castle. He said, oh, I'm, I'm safe. But then when the enemy soldiers came to, for camouflage, they carried trees in front of them. And the soldiers came and they said, Oh, king, the forest is walking to the castle. And then when he was fighting with Macduff, he said, You can't kill me. I cannot be born of any man. I cannot be killed by any man born of a woman. And he said, But I was from my mother's womb untimely ripped. Of course, now that happens very commonly, but in those days, that was very uncommon. And then Macbeth was killed. So, in the same way in the Singadev, he found some way. He said, okay, not inside-outside doorway. The doorway is not inside-outside. Not day-night, twilight. It's not day-night. Not living, not dead, okay, fingernails. They're not living, they're not dead. Not an animal, not man, okay. Lion head, man body, not, man, not animal, not man. No being created by Brahma or uncreated by Brahma. I am not created by Brahma. Uncreated, I am the Supreme Lord. Right? No weapon, uh, fingernails, they're not a weapon. So he made the impossible possible. Huh? And this thing with Aditi, her desire for vengeance, her desire to retain, he said it's impossible because as Prabhupada said, my, Krishna's first business is to protect the Brahmanas. That's his first business. Before he does anything else, all of us have some first business. What is our priority? So this is Krishna's priority. The Brahmanas and the cows have to be protected. Then we'll think about other things. And nobody, that was nobody can interfere with the happiness of such a person. Like Durvasamuni, he couldn't hurt Ambarish. He just couldn't do it. Hiranyakashipu couldn't hurt Prahlad. The Muslims couldn't hurt Haridas Thakur. Just they couldn't do it. Like a shield. He said, but I will do it. I'm going to do it. And of course, we don't want to go too far ahead in the story, but the way that Vishnu does it is he tricks Bali Maharaj to displease the Brahmanas. And as soon as the Brahmanas are displeased, then there's no more shield. And then the Lord can go in. Actually, that's also what Nisimhadev did with Hiranyakashipu. He arranged for Prahlad to be his son. Because Hiranyakashipu had earned everything through his austerities. And Krishna follows the universal laws. He doesn't break the universal laws. This is described that Krishna is dependable by Rupa Goswami. That even the demons know, if I follow the law, Krishna won't bother me. There's even a subterranean heaven if you're a good demon. You know, if you're a moral demon, then you can go to that heaven. There's no sunlight there. It's kind of like Las Vegas, if you've ever seen it. You know, neon lights going all night, you can forget about God, uh, but you can't think that you're enjoying it. So Krishna is not going to interfere. If Hiranyakashipu performed his good tapasya, he got the benediction of Lord Brahma, but by giving him Prahlad as a son, then Hiranyakashipu engaged in Vaishnava Parad. And the worst kind of Vaishnava Parad against the body of the devotee is the worst Aparad. So that trumps everything. 
Right? If you have bad karma but you serve the devotee, that trumps your bad karma. If you have good karma and you offend the devotee, that trumps your good karma. Because that's the first business. That's the Lord's first business. So there's a higher law beyond karma, beyond austerity. There's this law of the devotees and the brahmanas. So in this way, Krishna made the impossible possible. So we may also feel like that in our spiritual life, huh? that it is impossible. At least whenever I have moments of honest introspection, I feel that bhakti is impossible. Completely impossible. Much more impossible than killing Hiranyakashipu or getting the kingdom of the pole star or anything. Maybe that's possible. But for me to get bhakti seems impossible. Regardless of how much that I endeavor, regardless of any tapasya that I do, regardless of any service that I do, regardless of any knowledge that I get, bhakti seems impossible. And still within my heart at least, I'm sure not any of you, but speaking for myself, within my heart I see I still have these desires like a deity. You know, so we're going to the Lord and saying, please accept my service. And then we look in our heart and we see, and the more you progress, maybe I shouldn't tell you this. But the more you progress in Krishna consciousness, the more you'll see that you're not so wonderful. Nobody told me this when I first came to the Hare Krishna movement, or I might not have stayed, so I hope I haven't discouraged anybody. But you'll start to see the truth. I mean, one devotee just wrote yesterday that she was listening to a class about how Krishna is sitting in the center of all the cowherd boys. And immediately from her heart, she thought, why does Krishna get to be in the center? This is the real nature of our heart. I know one devotee who said he read Krishna book, well, the first time he read Krishna book, and he thought, why does Krishna get all the gopis? What about me? <laughs> and this is, you know, a natural... Reaction. We hear Bhakti Siddhanta say, Krishna is the transcendental autocrat, and we say, autocrat. We have democracy. What is this autocrat? <laughs> so the, these things are very deep-rooted in the heart. I'm right now studying Raghunathas Goswami's Manashiksha. And he says, even if one can uproot Kam, Krodha, Matsarya, right? Trivinam, Narakashenam, Dwaram, Nasana, Matmana, Kama, Krodha, Stital, Lobas, Tasmade, Tatmayam, Tujet. Even if one gives up, one has no more lust. Lust is absent. See a beautiful woman, handsome man, no lust. No anger, somebody offends you, somebody takes something from you, somebody insults you, no anger, no greed. One of my good friends in Vrindavan, I was bringing her some fruit for her deities, and I said to her, what do you need? She said, I need whatever I have. That is no greed. You understand? I need whatever, whatever I need is what I have. That means there's no greed. So even if someone has no lust, no anger, no greed, Raghunath Dasko Swami says they may still have pretense. They may still not be authentic. They may still be putting on so many masks. And pretense... Bhakti Nautakur explains it's the illicit lover of a very unchaste woman, which is the desire for fame. And fame is like the meat of a dog. I've been taking my walk on this road in the morning and there's a dead dog there. Must have just died. 
But we're very attracted to fame. We think, oh, I want to be famous. And we were out in the market yesterday. There were signs all over, live like a celebrity for some advertisement or something. But actually, this fame is like dog meat. And our attraction to it is like some low-class person, which gives rise to our pretense. And Raghunath Das Goswami says that the chaste lady of Krishna Prema will not come in the heart as long as there's this uh, promiscuous woman dancing there and eating dog meat with pre her lover pretense. So this pretense is I want to be at the center. I want to be, I want to be always victorious. And she's asking for this. Let me be victorious. Let me defeat my enemies. Let me rejoice at their suffering. Astonishing that this is in her heart, isn't it? Because this is the description of the demons. All my enemies have been killed and in the future my other enemies will be killed. I am perfect, powerful and happy. So if we are honest as we are progressing in Krishna consciousness, my dear friends, we will see this in our heart. If we say, no, no, this is not in my heart, then as soon as we are chanting Hare Krishna, we'll immediately be in ecstasy. That is the evidence procedure. No, no, this like Mars was saying, if we don't commit any offenses, then we don't even have to go through the, you know, Shraddha, Sadhu, Sangha, this uh, Ruchi. You come directly to Prema. You just say one time, Krishna. You can't even say Jagannath. You say Jaga, Gaga, Jaga, Gaga, as Mahaprabhu is saying. Just even Jaga is an ecstasy. So if there's, if these desires are not in our heart, this is the evidence. We would have Anandam Bhutivardhanam, unlimited. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati says we're limited jiva, but we would have unlimited ecstasy. And if just saying Jagannath, if just saying Krishna, if just saying Goranga, we're not feeling unlimited ecstasy, then this dead dog is in our heart and we're wanting it. Ah, let me eat this dead dog of fame. Let me conquer my enemies. And if you see this in your heart, then you feel impossible. How can I attain bhakti? It is impossible. How will the chaste lady of bhakti enter my heart? And despite all of our efforts, we cannot clean it ourselves. Have you found this? Have you found this? We make all of our own effort. We cannot. Just like here, the Lord is telling Aditi, you can use all your power. It won't work. Have you tried to use all of your power to get rid of your anartis? Does that work? When we make our own endeavor, generally we are just rising in the modes. We're just trying to switch from tamat to rajas and rajas to sattva. But because the modes are always competing for supremacy, it's hard to stay in sattva. You know, you may be free of lust for five years and then all of a sudden, how did that happen? Because if you're just trying to become free by in the modes, it doesn't, it's not stable. So therefore, Sanatana Goswami is praying, I really thought of that, looking at this, impossible. Bhakti Rutan Chati Yadhyapimadhava Natwai Mamatila Matri Parameshwarata Tarapi Taraktita Durgata Gatana Vihati Durgata Gatana The impossible, you make possible. I don't have even a sesame seed of devotion, he says. 
He says, what Lord Brahma cannot see in meditation, Kantastakoti Sajavatsara Sampagoyam Vayor Atapi Manaso Muni Pungavanam Sopyastiyaka Parasani Avachin Kitatve. What Lord Brahma cannot even see in meditation, your toenails, I want to see them. But I don't have a sesame seed of devotion. I have no real devotion. Even here, Aditi, she seemingly has, yes, I want to worship you with my sons, in my opulence, with my defeated enemies. Even it's explained, even it's explained that those who want to go to Vaikuntha, who have no more material desires, who are free even from a desire for fame, from, from pretense, even we want to go beyond that. Bhaktivinoda Thakur describes the desires for liberation and being in Vaikuntha are either I want to enjoy the Lord's opulences in devotion, or I want to use the Lord's opulences to serve Him and I will also enjoy them. Which is very much this mood here. But the mood we're aspiring for is my happiness is only your happiness, Lord. Your happiness is, I have no separate happiness. Just your happiness is my happiness. And it doesn't matter whether to make you happy, you are putting me in Goloka Vrindavan, or you're sending me to Pataloka. It doesn't matter. As long as you're happy, that's my happiness. Not even notice, like Govardhan described, that he was feeling Krishna's soft lotus hand holding him up, and so he didn't even feel Indra's thunderbolts. He wasn't even aware. Oh, Krishna's being happy. So this is what we're looking for. How can we get this? How can we get this? How is it? It's not possible. But Krishna can make it possible. And the way that Krishna makes it possible is through the devotees. So here it's very humorous. Krishna is fulfilling the desires of Aditi by having Bali offend Sukaracharya. So it's quite interesting. She's going to get her will by somebody displeasing the, the Brahmanas. Sukaracharya is not even a devotee, just a Brahmana. But the way we will get our impossible thing is to please the devotees. If we please the devotees, then Krishna's mercy follows the mercy of the devotees. It's very much explained here. Krishna is saying, I'm sorry, you cannot do anything to your enemies as long as they are protected by the brahmanas. And these are brahmanas. This is Sukracharya. Right? Also, Manashiksha Raghunathas Goswami says we should have love for three classes of devotees. Those who live in Vrindavan, at least mentally, if not physically, which Bhaktivinoda says those are the Uttama Bhaktas, those are the Vrindavasis, those who live mentally in Vrindavan. For those who are devoted to the Lord, even if they don't live mentally in Vrindavan, the Madhyam Bhaktas, Bhaktivinoda Chakur describes, and the Brahmanas, which Bhaktivinoda Chakur describes as the Kanista Bhaktas. Those who are following Varnashram, teaching others to follow Varnashram, the pious religious people. So just because Bali's following someone like that, Sukaracharya, he's protected and he could conquer Indra's kingdom. And by offending them, he will lose it. So what to speak of if we please the Mahabhagavata devotees? What to speak of? So Bhaktivinoda Thakur explains in his, in his commentary 
on verse 7 of Manashiksha. He says, there are three powerful substances, quoting from Chaitanya Charitamrita. Right? Everybody know what those are? From the devotees? Foot dust and? Foot water from washing their feet and the? Mahaprasadam. And Bhaktivinotakur adds two more. He says the embrace, the touch of the devotee, and their instructions. Because sometimes we're running after the foot water and we don't follow the instructions. You know? <laughs> like devotees came to Prabhupada on a train. Swamiji, 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 we want your mercy, we want your mercy. Prabhupada said, and he, Prabhupada looked at his disciples. He said, okay, you want my mercy, you become like them. No, 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 <laughs> So then it's possible. Then Mahaprabhu comes in the heart and cleans. Just like the Gundicha temple, he cleans out even the little straw, even the little dust. Trindita Swakita Krishna Punyashravanam Kirtana Ridyantasta Abhadrani Vidyunoti Suritsita. Just hearing Bhagavatam, in this Bhagavatam is Krishna. When you hear the Bhagavatam, Krishna can enter in through your ears. Right? What is it? That this Bhagavatam, which is the words of the sadhus, the words of Krishna, the ecstasies of Prabhupada, can enter into our ears and bring us to love of God. Love of God in Goloka, not even just by Kunta. Completely selfless love of God. These instructions from Srila Prabhupada, they're not some kind of ritual. It's not, it's not some mechanical process. Okay, I'm just going to follow this ritual and do this and chant 16 rounds mechanically. No, but this is the, the key to achieving the impossible. So the impossible can be achieved. Krishna does it all the time and he likes to do it. And even we who are a little part and parcels of Krishna, we like to do very difficult things, most of us, unless you're extremely lazy. But most of us, we like doing something that was hard. Yes, we get some satisfaction. Ah, look at my accomplishment. I've done something very difficult. And if it seemed impossible, then it's even more satisfying, yes? Everybody said it couldn't be done. But I did it. Ha ha. And Prabhupada says, Krishna has all of the feelings of a human being. says this in the story of um, Jambavan fighting with Krishna. So Krishna enjoys, Durgata Gatana, Krishna enjoys making the impossible possible. He likes doing it. Like Prabhupada was asked, if can, if can God make a rock so heavy he cannot lift it? He said, yes, and then he'll lift it. So just see how, how much pleasure Krishna will get from taking us to Prema Bhakti. That will make him very happy. Lord Ajananda was very happy when he delivered Jagayamada. It gave him great happiness. So Krishna is very happy to deliver us. Even if we have terrible desires in our heart, like make my enemies suffer, or let them die so their wives are mourning and I can get my opulence again. <laughs> Even if we have such nasty desires in our heart, Krishna will enjoy being the hero. You will very much enjoy being the hero, entering into our heart like he entered into the body of an asura. 
and cleaning everything in our life. So our business is simply to allow. Our business is simply to allow. Not to think that we're going to do it on our own. That I am going to conquer the Lord by my following the rules and regulations. That's the eighth defense to chanting. Not to think I'm going to do it by my own endeavor. And not to go to the great devotees like some kind of magic, you know, giving your foot dust like magic dust. But to really surrender to the devotees with full faith, with full faith. This is, of course, the tenth defense on chanting that we don't have faith in the process. Oh, I'm going to be, Maharaj was talking about mixed bhakti. If someone's thinking, I'm going to be saved because I'm very pious, I was born in a Brahmana family, and I only put on clothes in the morning I have not touched with my hand. But that's why I will go back to home back to Godhead. Right? Or I am a big jnani, I am very detached, I have no interest in the world, or I can control my life there and open up all my chakras. That way I will go, no, just pure faith that by Krishna's mercy he will do it. By the devotee's mercy they will do it. And I am just submitting myself. I am cooperating like one cooperates with the surgeon. With that faith, imagine the faith someone has to have for a surgical operation, or if any of you had a surgery. How much faith you have to have. Unbelievable. And they may mess up, you know. You know that, right? <laughs> so at least that much faith. Chanting with that much faith. Serving the deity with that much faith. Reading the Shastras with that much faith. Serving the devotees with that much faith. But if I just follow the instructions of Srila Prabhupada, if I just serve the devotees, the impossible will become possible. Krishna may even fulfill my impossible material desires, but that's unfortunate. And what will be very fortunate is if Krishna fulfills this impossible desire to enter into Goloka Vrindavan. And then one will say, like Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, I was a crow, but you've turned me into Garuda. Or just like Krishna does Kaviraj, he says, I'm so sinful. If you say my name, you'll become sinful. I'm so fallen. Why is he saying this? Because he's seeing these things in his heart. He's saying, but still, Lord Nityananda has come. And he has given me the service of Madan Mohan. He's given me everything. He's given me Vrindavan. How fortunate I am. How fortunate I am. How fortunate I am. And that is the greatest happiness, to get something you don't think you deserve, isn't it? When we think we deserve something, there's no pleasure in it. You notice that? Well, of course I got it, I deserve it. <laughs> and I give this example all the time. Let's say you have 100 rupees, you go to the market, you buy something, you find out it's only worth 5 rupees. How do you feel? You have 100 rupees, you go to the market, you buy something, it's worth 100 rupees. How do you feel? You have a hundred rupees, you go to the market, you buy something, you find that it was worth one lakh. Oh, you're so happy. Our happiness is in inverse proportion to our feeling of deservedness. So when we really feel it's impossible, when we feel it's completely impossible, and we have simultaneously complete faith, then this opens up unlimited happiness. This is why Nardamuni and Uddhava said to Gopal Kumar, you have to achieve complete humility in order to achieve complete love. 
So this should be the focus of all of our sadhana. This complete feeling, it is impossible. Completely. I have no qualifications. It is impossible. And 100% faith that although it is impossible, Durgata you make the impossible possible. And then watch Krishna be the hero and do it. So questions, comments, additions, subtractions, chastisements. Ah, Prabhupada's prayer on the Jaladuta, yes. That's a wonderful prayer. Wonderful prayer to meditate on that prayer. That I, I am not capable. You make me dance, make me dance, make me dance. Right? Yes, please. Okay, so you're saying that Aditi's request is legitimate because she wasn't really asking for herself, she was really asking for her sons. It was a legitimate what request. From the point of view of Rajagun, it's a very legitimate request, yes. <laughs> Someone came to see me the other day and said, people are spreading false rumors about me. I want to get them to stop. Very, he was very disturbed. He was a very unhappy person. We have to stop them. We have to stop them. But the, the person is seeing that they have a filter of Tamagun and Rajagun. I need honor. I need respect. I need reputation. So this whole idea of friends and enemies, my property, somebody took my property, my sons have to be happy. Why not her nephews be happy? And they were her stepsons. I mean, you could think they were her nephews or her step. They're also her sons, really. Why can't they be happy? Why my sons? Then it's really not about the sons, is it? It's really about me. It has to be the children from my body. It cannot be the children from my sister's body. Yes. Yeah, so there's. It's also. Otherwise, the Lord wouldn't have come. So because what, she has a desire that the people running the universe should be bhaktas. That, that desire is there. That the person in charge of Indra Loka should be Indra, should be the proper devotee. Therefore, there is some bhakti here, and therefore the Lord comes. But it's mixed. It's mixed. Yes, yeah, so Arjuna was also fighting with his own brothers. But Arjuna took a different tact. Arjuna took the tact that, wait a minute, I don't want it. Why should I do this? It, it was interesting. It, I, I really like that. Oh my, now I could have given the whole class on that instead of on this. You know, every verse you can find, I tell people when you prepare for class, every verse you can find at least 200 points. So we could have compared this to Arjuna. That would have been very nice analysis. Yes, Arjuna, you had, it was even worse with Arjuna because Duryodhan was really a demon. Whereas Bali Maharaj had some bhakti, as we see. But Duryodhana was actually a demon. He hated Krishna. And so he was leading the whole populace in the wrong direction. Even though materially maybe he took care of people. But 
And it was really for service that Yudhisthira be the king instead of Duryodhana. I mean, that was really Seva. But Arjuna said, wait a minute, I don't want to, I don't want to get a kingdom at the cost of someone else's suffering. Aditi's here is like, let them suffer. I want the kingdom at the, co- at the cost of their suffering. If I could get the kingdom without them suffering, I wouldn't even like it. That's in our own hearts, I'm sorry, but that is. Whereas Arjuna was saying, no way do I want this kingdom at the cost of their suffering. Yes. I mean, and, and I think we can say that the Kurus gave more problems to the Pandavas than Balimars gave to the sons of Aditi, frankly. I mean, the Kurus, they tried to insult Draupadi, they tried to kill them in the house of Lak. They cheated them out of their kingdom. I mean, it was really very extreme. And still Arjuna says, I have no desire for revenge. I have no desire to see them suffer. Like with Asratama, when Draupadi said, why should Asratama's mother cry like I'm crying? Just the opposite of here. Here is, I'm suffering, let them suffer. And let them suffer more. My sons have not been killed. They've just been exiled. Let them be killed. So Arjuna took the opposite, and there Krishna went in and said, wait a minute, wait a minute. This isn't just about that you're a good person and you're above vengeance. Naturally, the devotees have no interest in vengeance and their own enjoyment. He said, but this isn't just about that. Even people in Sattva are mostly like that. He said, this is about that you have a, a business, you have a service. I want you to run the earth. I want you in charge of the earth because you're my bhaktas, bhaktosime, sakacheti. You're my friends. I don't want my enemies running the earth planet. It's my planet. The earth planet's my wife. I don't want my enemies running it. So do it for me. And then Arjuna says, okay. So Aditi has that desire also. She's also thinking, she does, she's thinking that the universe belongs to the Lord and it should be run by the devotees. So that's also there. But with her, it's different. It's more like, because the universe is being run by devotees, please fulfill my desire for my own prosperity. Whereas Arjuna was, I don't want my own prosperity. Okay, okay, for you, Lord, I will do it. So a little, we could really have a nice, that would be a wonderful, wonderful class. That would be a wonderful seminar. You know, the comparison between the mixed devotee and the pure devotee. Of course, I mean, Didi's very elevated. We shouldn't think that Jimmy's a very, very elevated person. Yes? Wrong is wrong. Whoever does wrong is still wrong. More what we should see is that this can happen to such an exalted person as a deity. I should not think, oh, I am a great devotee, it cannot happen to me. A lot of the reason that these stories are in the Bhagavatam is so we can develop some humility and some introspection and some remorse. Someone else? Yes? I'm sorry? Yes. Yes, if the Brahmin is not a devotee, also he protects. Do you think Sukracharya is a devotee? Why does the Lord protect the Brahmana even who's not a devotee? Because the Brahmana is teaching piety in the world. 
and the brahmanas generally don't protect themselves because they're in satvagun they're not vengeful they're forgiving they'll allow somebody to hurt them without wanting to hurt them back so they don't protect themselves and they're teaching at least the laws of god so therefore it's krishna's first duty to protect them they're kind of like his employees they're doing his business even if they're not his devotees even if they're not in love with him they're still doing his business huh yes So how do we avoid aparad? The only way I know Prabhu is you have to go to the root. Because trying it's like trying to get rid of lust, anger, envy, greed, illusion by getting rid of them separately or trying to get rid of aparad. It, 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 if, if you don't go to the root, it keeps coming back in some form. And again, my conclusion is that's because we're trying to do it by going through the modes and it's not stable. You have to go to the root. The, what is the root of our aparads? What is the, the root of, of, of all of our problems? I mean, we were told it's this desire to be Krishna. It's this desire to be at the center, to be the most famous. Everybody's worshiping me, then I'm at the center. That's the root. And unless and until we go to the root, some branches and leaves will still be there. there there's, there's, no other, there's no other answer for that. And the only way to pull out the root is with the help of the great devotee commanders. So that's a question of, of our wanting to get rid of this root. Uh, usually that's gradual. Generally in the process of bhakti, we gradually, 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 little by little want Krishna to be at the center. Okay, Krishna, I want you to be a little bit more at the center. Oh, okay, a little bit more. And finally we come to a point where like, Krishna, I really want you to be at the center. I'm satisfied being a grain of dust in the sands of time. And then it's all, then all, everything gone. Otherwise there'll still be some, until, yes. That's always true. That's always true. But at least what we can do is everything we do, everything we do in bhakti, everything we do, we can get this move. Durgata Gatana, you can do the impossible and you enjoy doing the impossible. See that it's impossible. That's humility. And then Krishna, you can do the impossible and Krishna enjoys doing the impossible. And have that faith. Chant with that faith. Serve with that faith. That's practical. Yes? Is that practical? Is that practical? Can you at least say that intellectually? At least intellectually, yes? Krishna is turning sunlight into rice, into fingernails. This was sunlight, this fingernail, this was sunlight a few months ago. Is it hard to have that faith? So you chant with that faith. The Lord who can turn sunlight into my nose. 
My nose was sunlight. <laughs> he can do the impossible. Let me chant like that. Let me take prasad like that. Let me serve the devotees like that. Can you do that? Is that practical? Is that, is that practical? I'm asking you. Is that practical? <laughs> anyway, it is impossible. So you just meditate like that. Is that practical? Everybody can do that? Okay. We're going to take prasadam. When you take prasadam, you can think, just by eating food, I'm going to become realized? Impossible. <laughs> but Krishna can make the impossible possible. Is that all right? Shiva Prabhupada Gijai.